0: Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill-Smith, and this is a podcast about all of the dumb things that we do for love. <intendom license>
1: so welcome to episode four. Welcome. We did it. We're back. I don't, are we going to say we did it every time? Because we did. We did do it. We did three, and now we're on four.
0: It's amazing how numbers work. Um, I'm, I'm just, excited. Yes, me too. I know. I'm very excited. Um, we The response has been amazing so far for all of our episodes. We've been getting a lot of great feedback, and uh, I'm just really excited to dive into more crazy stories. I know. I'm
1: excited to tell you my stories today. Um, should I start with my... My quickie? Yes. Which, are we going to do that? Are we saying quickie? Are we saying, that? I mean, I feel like it's,
0: it's happening. We've been doing it. Okay, <laughs> let's just keep doing it until somebody tells us to stop.
1: Until someone, and then we'll be like, oh, okay, we didn't even know. Whatever you want, we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> just love us. <laughs> um, okay, so my quickie starts uh, the same way that like 80% of stand-up jokes start. With a,
0: I know what I look like. No,
1: that was a good no. Uh So my girlfriend broke up with me. Oh, and that's, okay. And that's the other one. Okay, so this is about 20-year-old Jordan Cardella, um, and he was heartbroken when his girlfriend left him, and so he was desperate to get, it, get her back. Um, so for him, it made perfect sense that the way that he was going to get her back was to have one of his friends shoot him.
0: What? (laughs) Oh my God. So so like, uh, I've heard about people, you know, pretending to like be kidnapped and stuff. Yeah. So it's their lover feels much like our, the episode that we did where the, the fake death marriage proposal. Yes. Yes. Right. So it's like a, like
1: you, you see what it would be like without me. And, um, so he thought she'd see him in pain and then, um, she'd come visit him in the hospital, and I guess a spark would come back. And, oh my god! Uh, and what an idiot! Yeah, so so he decides, Jordan. I mean, he is an idiot, but he's not. He's smart on some things. He's like, I can't shoot myself uh, for good reason because he's a felon, <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like,
0: well, well, I'm not. So- I'll go
1: back to jail if I shoot
0: myself. Yeah, he's like, I'm
1: not allowed to handle firearms, so obviously I can't <laughs> shoot myself. Um, so, oh, he- so he's an honest idiot. He's. an He's an honest idiot. I mean, he's a real idiot. So he, he approaches his friend, Anthony Woodall, uh, who says, uh, no. <laughs> but I can hook you up with a guy who can help you out. Uh, so Anthony calls his friend, Michael Wezick, And Michael is like, yeah, man, I'll totally do that if you give me some pain pills. So, you can now, I'm sure you have a picture of what these guys look like. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, Michael has a shotgun. So, he stands about eight feet a away. A shotgun? Well, I think they, tr- they like, drove around and tried to find a firearm, like, like a handgun. They went to a bar and kind of, like, asked around, like, hey, man,
0: do you have a firearm? <laughs> and, like,
1: uh, and so, they couldn't find
0: one. So All of this energy that they spent looking to shoot this guy in the leg, he could have just, like... Wrote a really nice love letter. Well, I don't or, know that he could have. Or... <laughs> he saw. doesn't
1: sound like he has a brain power to do that.
0: I don't...
1: Yeah, okay. Cleaned your car, right? <laughs> Something, <laughs> like some other grand gesture. I mean, sent a robot over, like, last week? <laughs> your yeah, story last
0: week? send a robot. Um,
1: so, okay, so Michael... Michael stands... He has a shotgun. He stands about eight feet away from Jordan. And he's like, You sure you want me to do this, man? And Jordan asks him to shoot him three times in the back.
0: What the hell? With a shotgun. <laughs> right. And you're like, I, I think that's going to kill him. But so, I'm not even a gun person. And I know that, like, you don't want to be shot with a shotgun. Right. In your and back eight feet sounds times. like
1: pretty close. Oh, my God. So Michael shoots him in the arm. And Jordan is like, Shoot me again, man. Shoot me again. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael says, I'm done. I'm done. And, like, walks away. <laughs> like, you're you're too crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> right? I mean, I know I did just you, like, shoot you once, shame on me. <laughs> shoot you twice. Dumb. I'm not Can't gonna get do that. shot again. <laughs> so, okay, so Michael goes home and Anthony, who is the first friend, takes Jordan to the hospital. And when he's there, he calls the ex-girlfriend. Anthony calls the ex-girlfriend, and is like, uh, you know, Jordan's been shot, you gotta come see him. Um so she seems to be the only smart person in the story because she does not come. Oh my God. Uh, but you know who does show up? The police. Yeah, because he's a <laughs> shooting victim in a hospital and that's like they have a duty to call the police. <laughs> oh my God. So both there, everybody's arrested. Um, and Anthony and Michael and Jor- Jordan are all arrested. So Anthony and Michael both end up um, receiving community service and probation. But um, they're all
0: like, this is all your fault, man. Like as <laughs> they're picking up trash on right? the highway, which like, is God crazy. Damn it! I like, should have never shot you.
1: The friend who didn't even shoot him got probation too, like, just for being involved. Just for being there for, for like, soliciting it. Yeah. Um, but then Jordan just gets off with like a slap on the wrist. I mean, I guess Anda. A bullet to the, the arm. Bullet. Oh my god! So the di- assistant district attorney said, "This has got to be the most phenomenally stupid case I've ever seen. It's unbelievable
0: what happened here." Uh, he said that in court. That's so um, awesome. I was like sitting here thinking, like, I think this is the dumbest one we've done. I think these guys are the dumbest. Well, can I tell you? Like a, like this
1: is just a side note, but like, yeah. an even the, my favorite part of the story is that while so. In be- while they're waiting the outcome of the case, so like in between that like when they've been arrested and like then they're going to like be sentenced, um, Anthony and Michael, who are the two dumb friends, leave to go deliver pot to someone. Oh my gosh! And then that person called the police because the weed they delivered them was actually grass clippings. So I'm like, there's so many dumb people
0: here. Holy- <laughs> so they called the police and they were like, oh, they sold me. Grass clipping. Oh yeah. my gosh. And you're like, uh, I don't think you can call the police when you, you
1: were supposed to get weed. Like that's um, and then somehow the prosecutors found out about it. So they I mean they wow. Yeah. There you go. Do you,
0: does it say what town they live in? Because um it's somewhere let's all in, go. in Milwaukee. Yeah, they lived in Milwaukee. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I have been. <laughs> have you been to Milwaukee? Milwaukee. I love
1: Milwaukee. But home my home of the beer? Beer? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the best beer, I hear. That makes sense. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Do you have a quickie? Um, yes, Sally, I do have a quickie. <laughs> um, Sally. Yes, um, Jen? Wedding planning time is a magical time. Is it? Um, do you believe that to be true? Not in my experience. <laughs> no, it's not <so> fun. <laughs> okay, it's not fun for anyone, but... Um, in 2017, a couple from San Antonio, Texas, their names were Vincent and, best name ever, ready, Manda Alexander. How do you say that <laughs> name without going Manda Alexander? <laughs> I dare you. So Vincent and Manda Alexander. Wait, her name's Manda? Manda, not Amanda, but Manda. Oh. And then Alexander, but you can't, Manda you can't say Manda Alexander. That's it has to be right. Alexander. Manda Alexander. Manda Alexander. Um, they were planning their dream wedding. Um, they agreed on just about everything, except Vincent had one request. Oh he really wanted there to be a clown at their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> he really wanted a clown there. He wanted a clown at the cocktail hour, specifically, to like entertain people, do jokes, um, and uh, do balloon animals, and I don't know, like people in the face with water with their flower joke
1: I feel like uh, insulted yeah they think that like a clown can just tell jokes like as a stand-up comedian Those yeah
0: are, they not just can't. Some, that's not like a party trick it's not they don't clowns don't tell jokes clowns are the chip <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start a clown war. Um, so he said um, my wife was pretty against it, but she said if I really wanted to, I could have the clown because she was being very sweet, and um, you know she was like, if that's really what you want, like
1: I mean, this is like, do you want this or do you want to have sex ever again?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so but if it's really what you want, okay. <laughs> but he was like, you know. He was like, I could tell she was just being nice and that she didn't really want the clown there. So instead of having the clown at the wedding, what he decided to do was um, he decided to hire a clown to secretly photobomb their wedding pictures, like in the background of the <laughs> wedding. To have a clown just like popping up back, uh, like in the background, like a beautiful picture of the gorgeous couple. Which of course we're gonna post this picture on our Instagram, um, which is at Dumb Love Podcast. But anyway, so there's this beautiful picture of this gorgeous couple. They're very good looking, standing next to this old barn. And then she has no idea that inside the barn, like off to the side with the door open, is just this like evil looking clown. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it like a happy clown? No, it's an evil clown, and he actually. Tried to he like reached out to all the local San Antonio uh, (laughs) clowns clowns to to get them to you know to hire them to do this, but they were all like, "This is an art, and we're actors, (laughs) and we will have no part in this stupid prank." So he couldn't find like a professional clown. So his brother dressed up in this like evil clown costume um and those you know those like snooty clowns really missed out because this picture ended up going viral yeah they could have made it they could have they could have been somebody um and uh so here's the thing that he never showed his wife the picture he kept it a secret for an entire year and then for their one year wedding anniversary As her gift, he gave her, like, the wrapped-up picture, framed picture. yeah. And um, when she opened it, she... There's actually a video, you can see it online, of her opening it. Like, he, you know, because everybody videos everything these days. Right. Um, So he took a video of it, and she was... She, you know, laughed her ass off and thought it was funny. And she thought it was the perfect gift. She said that it explained um, exactly who her husband is. And, um, you know, they're just, like, a playful couple. And, like, this sounds like a dumb story because this guy wanted a clown and then had an evil clown in their pictures and for the a different couple this could have been yes I'm like a dumb story
1: awesome actually but for them
0: right yeah. it's a real love story in my eyes because this is like the kind of dumb shit thing that you do with someone who you re- really gets you right and it's funny you know and, and they um, have the same sense of humor and they could laugh this off it's a hilarious story Uh, I know some people that would um, absolutely die if they saw an evil clown. I was like, he must be younger
1: because did he not grow up in like the era of watching? Did you watch it It, on TV?
0: um, She's 40. She was 40 when they got married and I think he's just a little bit older than her. So I'm sure he's like well aware of who Pennywise the clown is. I'm like, because that scarred me. As a child, like watching that. Oh, totally. The TV show. Yeah. Like yeah. That. And I just, I love that he went from like saying, I want a clown at the wedding to like making it an evil clown in right. the picture. They just had to really know each other. Like, I remember, um, you know, sometimes things like that can work, and there are, you know, a brides, bridezillas, groomzillas, like that would not fly. Right. And um, I remember. My, with my wedding, I kind of just made my husband do all, like, put him in charge of the music because, you know, he's good at that. Yeah. But I had, like, one rule, which was um, do not play that fucking Bird is the Word song. I can't. I've always hated that <laughs> what song. Is, what's it against so Bird is so the Word? <laughs> the burr, bird, bird. Oh, I know. The you song. Know. I hate it so much. It's just know. such a weird song it's, to hate. I
1: thought a, you were going to say the Macarena or no, something. No, I hate
0: it. I don't know why. I just picture, like the movie birds like a <laughs> Hitchcock movie like birds circling my head in a cartoonish way as this <laughs> song like well well, I hate it. And so um that was my one role. It's like do not play that song. But then at our wedding, of course, of course, he not only played the song, but he got like all of his groomsmen to like swarm me like a flock of fucking seagulls. <laughs> During the "Bird Is the Word" and, and but I it was hilarious right. and I laughed about it and we had a good time and now like it's kind of a funny memory. And but, now it's your song. Yeah. <laughs> and now I like we slow dance to <laughs> <laughs> "Bird Is the Word." Uh, a bird, yeah. bird, bird. A bird, bird is a word. That yeah. <laughs> so they're gonna play it at my funeral <laughs> um, so and an really, release a flock of doves uh, yes <laughs> um, yeah yeah that will be a scene yeah flock of doves while bird is word plays um so yeah that's my dumb story but i actually like really really love that story and i think it's yeah that's, so a, that's a love story yeah i love it
1: all right are you ready for my crazy story I am always so excited
0: for your crazy story.
1: Okay, so did you, have you ever, I'm sure you have watched the show Snapped? Yes. There was like a a, a period where Ben and I watched it like religious, like it was like almost like we were, we were like, he was stealing himself for the time when I eventually snapped and I was like getting, taking notes. like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but there, I, I, I didn't really watch it very much, but there was like a spinoff called Snapped Killer Couples. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is from one of those. Um, and I also got information from Wikipedia and the New York Times. Um, well, there you go. There's You run the whole spectrum. Of, right. Like I'm like, like highbrow, lowbrow. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to be honest, it's mostly from Snapped Killer Couples. Um, Hell yeah, dude. It's easy to take notes on those because they repeat themselves so many times. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, in and out of every commercial break, you're like, okay. (laughs) I don't need you to recap it again. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so this is a story of Kathy Wood and Gwen Graham. Okay. Okay, so when Kathy Wood went to work as a nurse's aide at Alpine Manor Nursing Home in 1986, she was a young married mother to a six-year-old daughter. Um, She'd met her husband, Kent, Would at 17 and had gotten pregnant like right away. So she was, um, they had gotten, they got married. She, she had had, Kathy had had a very rough childhood. Like she had a very um, distant and um, abusive family. Her father was an alcoholic. Um, And then it turned out that Kent, her husband, was also an alcoholic. Um, So she was pretty unhappy. So she had a type, huh? She had a type. She had a type. Well, I think. (laughs) um kind of from what from what snapped she was like a very tall she's a very tall woman um and so she was teased a lot as a child and she kind of just like anybody who showed her affection she was like oh. so her first the first person that she was like involved with was um another like a, a schoolmate, a, another girl, a schoolmate when she was like 14 or 15. And she was like the first person who showed any interest in her. Um, and apparently when her mom, when Kathy's mom found out that she was seeing a, a girl, another girl, um, she was like, if you see her again, I'll kill her. So, the, I mean, the mom was like horrible apparently. Oh, and um, so, but then, and then Kent was like the second person who showed interest. Yeah. And she was just kind of like, you know, she didn't have... She didn't have any of that from home, so it's like you know, any kind of like, like attention is like, yeah, she's she's instantly like attracted to it. So, Aww. um, so anyway, so she meets um, Gwen Graham at Alpine Manor, which is the nursing home, um, and Gwen had also had they bonded because she had also had a horrible childhood. She grew up on a farm, and her father was abusive um, at a young age. So he would he was like. I think kids should be exposed to everything on the farm, like slaughtering the animals, like at a, like five or six. And Ugh. if there were times when she would refuse and he would dunk her head in the toilet and flush it.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, pretty pretty horrible. Both of them had pretty horrible childhoods. Um, so, Gwen and Kathy met and they formed like a, a quick friendship and it like very quickly turned romantic. So, they had a really intense love affair, like so much so that like, Pretty within a couple months, Kathy asked for a divorce from Kent, and she left. And like she gave him custody of their daughter, and Gwen also broke up with her girlfriend that she'd been seeing, and the two, Gwen and Kathy, moved in together. So about 10 months after Kathy left Kent, Kent walks into... This is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Walks into the police department and is, tells him this crazy story. He says um, that Kathy had recently come home for a night... Um, because like Gwen had kicked him out, and she confessed to him that she and Gwen had killed five patients while they were working in Alpine Manor.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yes. So Kent told them that Kathy had said it was all part of like a sick game where they were trying to spell the word murder with the initials of the victims. What the hell? Yeah, and so that became like they didn't end up doing that, and so they made it into a saying. Um, I don't know if they're... I had never heard the saying of, like, I love you forever in a day. Have you heard? Yeah. Say? So they, their saying was, I love you forever in five days, and so each victim was a day. Um, I, I know. It's, it's so weird. Right. So this is what Kent is telling... said that Kathy told him. So police investigate... Why would
0: she tell him
1: this?
0: I, I sorry. don't know. I yeah, yeah I know. Okay. So...
1: No, I mean, so... Police investigate and find that, like in the period that Kent told them about, there had been an unusual number of deaths at Alpine Manor. So, I mean, these were elderly patients, so and many of them had Alzheimer's. So, I mean, there are deaths, and but all of the deaths that um, had been, they, everything was believed to be natural causes. Um, so, at this point, like Gwen and Kathy had broken up, and Gwen had moved out of state back to Texas to home with a new girlfriend who was another nurse's aide from Alpine Mar- Manor. Her name was Heather. Um, so the police bring Kathy in for questioning and at first, like the, they describe her as like talking to her as like talking to like a ghost, like I didn't say a ghost, but he was just like, she's just like very, her story is always shifting. She doesn't quite seem to be there. Like she first tells him that it was like a joke. She said, no, I was just something I told Ken. It was just kind of a messed up joke that I told Ken, but the police, um, please lie to her and say, like, no, we have physical evidence. And so then she quickly like changes her story. And she tells them, so she confesses, and she tells them that it was Gwen who had initiated the murders. Um, she said that it started one night when she had walked into a patient's room trying to find Gwen and discovered that Gwen was sm- smothering a woman. Her name was Marguerite Chambers, and she was had a, a, a washcloth and she had, was holding it over her mouth and smothering her. And she said at that point, Gwen told Kathy that it was an act of mercy, that Marguerite had been suffering from Alzheimer's for years, and that this was an act of kindness. Um, although Marguerite's family says that they had been visiting her the day before, and that she had seemed she healthy with and with yeah. it. Um, but they didn't, I mean, they also, she was in a nursing home. She was sick. They weren't, they were surprised, but they weren't suspicious of this death, um, so that was what Kathy says was the first the first thing. And then she says that basically, Gwen was like, well, now we have this is this is like our bond between us because now we both have this secret, and you can't ever leave me and I can't ever leave you because if we do, then someone will tell. Like that's so that is how it all started. And then they decided to do this game and um that was just such a jump right it's like yes it's we we can't get out of this but let's make a game let's keep doing it and so yeah, yeah kathy says that it, like the killing was like an aphrodisiac to gwen that like after they would like after do they, it do it that then they would do it Oh my God. um and i just have to say if ever watched snapped killer couples like they always do it after they eat. the reenactment it's like it makes it seem like this is this very sexy steamy um, affair. There's a lot of like uh, images of these two women making out, and the women who are the actresses are like pretty attractive. And then you look at the pictures of um, like Gwen and Kathy in real life, and you're like, oh wait, that's
0: not- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I always say that if I ever get murdered and the person that plays me is uglier than me, I'm gonna be really pissed. <laughs> Because, like, what did I even die for? Right. <laughs> if I can't get a pretty person to play me. I, or you know if what? I ever murder someone. <laughs> or if you ever murder <laughs> Or if I'm a
1: murderer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, if you die or murder someone, I'll make that my mission. Thank I promise. You, I promise. I won't let you get played by an uggo. That's your promise to <laughs> that's me. So that's my friendship promise to that's you. you. That's so sweet. Um, I would hashtag no uggo. No. For Jen. Uggo <laughs> murder shout. So, um, so the killings keep going. And so Kathy says that during the fifth killing, she actually, she, she says that during all of these that she never actually killed anyone, that Gwen was the one who did it and that she, um, just served as a lookout. And she says that during the fifth killing, she intercepted a nurse who was on the way to the room. And that, um, after that she was like very scared and she told Gwen that they had to stop. And actually two weeks later was when the killings did stop. Um, but not because, like, Kathy was scared, but because Gwen had found a new girlfriend,
0: um,
1: which is actually another nurse's aide, um, Heather Beringer. And apparently they were like, oh, she was like a hot new blonde nurse. And, and then he um, looked up her picture and... I didn't see her picture. But, <laughs> but in the thing, she's, like, behind a desk, just looking super sexy with, like, this long blonde 80s hair. It's, um, it's pretty great. Um, so... Gwen and Kathy started having a affair, and Kathy says it broke her heart, but she said, you know, at least the killings stopped. She said, I knew the killings would stop. So um, detectives gave Kathy a polygraph, and she failed. Um, And, like, I know, like, polygraphs aren't admissible in court. They're they're infamously unreliable. You don't know if people are lying or if they're just nervous or... But... Um, but detectives to detectives, they see this, like she's hiding something. Basically they think, well, she was probably more involved than she's let, than she let on. Um, so police decide that it's time to go interview Gwen. And so they fly down to Tyler, Texas, which is where she has been working now in the children's ward of a hospital. Um, don't. There's nothing that, oh, good. it's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not I promise. Thanks, I think my, my like my promise to you is that I'm never gonna do a story about a kid dying. Oh good. Um well, I say that now, but you know. Um, no, yeah, yeah, I can't handle I can't handle those stories. Yeah. I can't handle yeah, even like TV stories. I'm like, nope,
0: nope, I don't want I to. Know. <laughs>
1: um okay, so so they go down and they interview Gwen and Gwen says that is one hundred percent made up. They're there were no killings. She is a she is an obsessive psycho psycho. Like she is she was jealous. She was extremely obsessive. And that this is she says like our relationship was we did have a relationship, but it was mostly physical and but that Kathy was like completely obsessed with her. And she said, I didn't do it. I didn't do this. I had nothing to do with this. Um and so police actually dig up the remains of the patients that um Gwen or that Kathy tells them about. And they find no physical evidence that they were mur- murdered. but that actually isn't um, because they. She said they were smothered. That actually isn't like um, uncommon. That right. they wouldn't find any evidence. Um, so even though, but even though there's no physical evidence, the police arrest both Kathy and Gwen, oh. and um, and Gwen maintains her innocence, and but Kathy agrees to a plea deal, and and she says, and she will testify against Gwen in exchange for like a lesser sentence. So she ends up pleading guilty to one count of conspiracy and one count of second degree murder, um, for the killing of the first victim, Marguerite Chambers. So they actually did. I, I didn't say this, but they actually, the, I, the first three victims were the M U R. Really? Yeah. And then I think they were like, couldn't find a D I guess. I don't know. Um, so Kathy is sentenced to 20 years in jail and she actually came up for parole in 2005 and she has been denied every year that she's come up for parole. Um, And prosecutors basically, they say they strike this deal with her, even though she's confessing to being a serial killer because they don't have any physical evidence. And so they, they say, well, if we don't have this, then we have to basically rely on her testimony to, um, to try Gwen because Gwen is um, pleased, not guilty and goes to trial. So in 1989, she goes to trial for the five murders, um, and her defense was basically to say that there were no there murders. Were none. She's like, "There's no physical evidence that these even occurred, so how can you convict me of it?" Um, and so, but Kathy Woods takes the stand, and apparently, she was like very convincing, um, saying that like she was manipulated by Gwen, and um, and that you know she talks about her background and how she had never had. You know, that any attention, she was like very successful to somebody giving her attention, which is why she went along with it. And um, and then at the last minute, um, prosecutors get Heather Beringer, who is the new girlfriend.
0: The new sexy hot The thing. new sexy
1: hot thing to testify against Gwen. And she says that... Gwen had told her about the murders. <gasps> what? Yeah. So that's what. So she
0: says that. So Gwen. I was totally at this point. I was already thinking like, oh, Kathy totally made that shit up. That's why she told her husband or ex husband. Yeah. Wow. Well. Wow. Oh God. <laughs> okay. So she she got five consecutive life sentences
1: without the possibility of parole. So. So. Maybe, maybe not. So in 1992, this award winning journalist, um, Lowell Caulfield, uh, published a true crime book called Forever in Five Days, and which I would love to read, but have not. Um, so he. Audible it, dude. I'm going to audible I'm Well, I'm going to library it. I don't. Oh. Okay. Um, so he basically spends a completely different story from what Kathy told at trial. So he interviews all of these people who friends and coworkers who describe Kathy Woods as a coercive and seductive pathological liar who delighted in wreaking havoc. Um, So the book basically says, gives evidence um, that Kathy planned the first murder after she found Gwen with another woman and used it as like an insurance policy to keep her with Gwen. Like with her. Yes. And so, and when, then when Gwen left anyway, um, the only reason the book says that Kathy confessed to the crimes was to punish Gwen. And they actually did psychological testing of Gwen, and um, it it revealed that she's, like, very easily manipulated and that she actually lacked the sophistication to plan a series of killings, like, let alone, like, defend herself at trial. Like, she was, like, a... Yeah, just Uh unable. So, and then the book says that... that, that Kathy, while she was in jail, has told inmates two versions of what happened. Um, she said, one, that she made up the entire story um, just as a way to, like, get back at Gwen. And then she told said, two that she had actually done all of the killing herself and then framed Gwen for revenge. So, um, and that is kind of where it stands. Like, they are both still in prison. Um, it's It's... A, it's thought that Kathy is going to get out of jail in 2021. Um, and Gwen is still maintaining her innocence. She has maintained her innocence this whole time, saying her, her, her version is that this never... There are no killings. This never happened.
0: So what about Heather's testimony against... I couldn't find anything against why she would say that. I mean,
1: my thought is that maybe these killings did happen, but it's like the flip where like... Kathy was the one who planned and did them, and then Gwen was the lookout, and so she did know they happened, or maybe Kathy told her about them. Oh. Uh, um, but I don't know, or maybe they were just in it together. It's hard It's hard to tell. Wow. Um, snapped killer couples didn't give me any resolve on that. If...
0: Okay, so Kathy being in jail, the two versions that she gave, which were like, A, it never happened, Yeah. or B, um, I plan this whole thing and i friend both make her look she, I, those to me sound like stories that she would tell in order to like protect herself or paint herself in a certain light like and, to but, get street cred in yeah, jail yeah but but like if she were to be like oh um this person um, framed me and I'm this like weak person that's in jail because of her Yeah. and I was her lookout then it would just not put Painter in a good light in jail. Yeah. Like, maybe. This is just, I'm just thinking out loud, Sally. Right. I'm just taking it <laughs> just, all in. I'm, I'm just spitballing throwing here. Throwing it out here. I don't know. That's crazy because I just don't, but yeah, I would, at one point I definitely thought, oh, it's definitely, like, why would Kathy go tell her husband that? That's yeah. the dumbest thing. Like, she's obviously setting this person right. up. But why would Heather testify that she that, confessed? That Gwen confessed? Unless she just, like, pissed her off real bad one day. You know, maybe she did something. Well, custody. apparently at the
1: beginning, Heather wouldn't talk to police. And then as kind of like it got closer to the trial, she agreed. So kind of the last minute she agreed. So I don't know wow. if it just seemed... They pressured
0: her to do it, maybe?
1: Maybe. Or maybe she just was like her conscious got the best of her. I don't know. I mean, it's that is, that's my sticking point, too. Yeah. Is that otherwise I'm like, oh, I totally... Like everything kind of... Uh, brushes like Kathy as this real manipulator. Yeah. Um, But except for Kathy herself, she is the one who's saying Gwen did it. But, but why would, why would the the new girlfriend say that she did it? I don't know. It's very, it's very interesting. And, um, and I thought anyway,
0: killer (laughs) couple.
1: That's my story. Here we go. All right, Jen, please tell me that
0: you have a good love story for me. I do have a good love story. Um, It's, Kind of a funny situation because I feel like it's something that, well, it comes from something that I feel like a lot of us have made this mistake before and done this thing. Like, have you ever accidentally texted the wrong person something? I don't I know that's like a very common thing and but I you just don't make
1: mistakes. <laughs> no, it's not that I, I don't. To. I just am like um, really bad at communicating. Oh. So
0: <laughs> I don't text or phone a lot, so it just is um, a... Yeah. I'm like notorious for accidentally texting people the wrong shit because it, yeah. it, at any given moment I have like ten balls in the air. Right. Um, metaphorically. <laughs> um, and I'm like carrying on a hundred conversations. And so I'm constantly sending people the wrong thing. Like I'm, I texted my boss um, once like, what do you want for dinner? And he was just like, um, <laughs> whatever my wife and I decide to eat, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's funny, he didn't really say that. But what's funny is like um, my other boss, he lives in Miami. We, we pretty much just text each other yeah. um, because he's in another state. And he accidentally texted me once, like out of the blue. I just got this text. I like I knew that him and his wife were planning this like romantic trip to Paris, and I got this a text from him where he was just like, "Oh, where should we eat while we're in Paris?" And I was like, um, "I don't know, like <laughs> I, like they're all good." And then he was just like, "What should we do while we're in Paris?" And I was like, "I don't." The loof is nice. I don't... And then he just kept texting me stuff like, oh, and then um, like all week long, I just kept getting these text messages like, we're going to have the best time in Paris. I'm like, dude, good for you. I'm glad you're going to have a fun trip. I'll be here running your business for you. Enjoy yourself. No, but really, because he was my boss. um, I was like, well, here's your itinerary, sir. (laughs) I've circled all. You were like
1: researching. Oh, totally!
0: I was. I was like, I've circled all the best five star restaurants within you know walking distance to your hotel, and um, and then he finally was like, oh my god, I am so so sorry. Like he thought he was the whole time. He thought he he was texting texting his wife. Oh my god. Because her name um, is Jessica. And um, has S as a last. I don't want to give away his their whole identity, but it yeah. has S as a last. And his name. phone and number is Jen Smith. You know how on the top of. Um, oh, right. It just says like it the just initials. The initials. Yeah. So he just saw JS at the top. And so all week long, he thought he was just like texting his wife, like, where should we go? What should we do? <laughs> where should we be? And the whole time, I'm like, I'm not your. <laughs> Vacation planner. Right. You're being really rude, sir. Um, he's actually awesome. I his name's Daniel. Shout out. He's um, a great boss. But um, please don't fire me. Um, but no, it, it was just a funny story of yeah. like a whole series of fake text messaging. So anyway, this story is about how an accidental text turned into a beautiful love story and actually saved a life. Okay. All right, you ready? Maybe I should start texting more. (laughs) Maybe you should start. But make sure you're not texting the person you should be texting. You should accidentally text more. Um, Anyway, so in 2012, 52-year-old Casey Berg was on a business trip in Denver, Colorado. Um, When she um, the person she was supposed to meet, their flight got delayed or something. And so she had nothing to do and was bored. So she texted uh, a friend... Um, The text said, hey, it's Casey. Uh, Maria isn't going to be here on time, and I was wondering if you'd want to hang out. And um, so she sends out this text message, and then she gets this message back that says, sorry, you've got the wrong number, but if I wasn't on my way to work, I'd totally hang out with you on the other end. And the person on the other end was um, 23-year-old Henry Glendening. Uh-huh. It's like a weird lesson. Glendening. Um, and so um they immediately beca- um started chatting back and forth. Yeah. Like at first it was like, oh so sorry. <laughs> Stop it. And then it was like, Hey, show me your dick. <laughs> yeah. And then no, it was actually very like spiritual. Like he um apparently he texted her, like, do you, what uh, do you know what you think about the law of attraction and have you ever read The Secret and um, she was like what I live my life by The Secret <laughs> I just secreted this I, totally <laughs> and, uh, which totally sounds like a conversation that I would have with people I actually had a conversation <laughs> last night about The Secret with some, with Paul Olin. and he looked at me like I was crazy I was like oh did you secret it I was like what the hell are you th-? anyway oh, I'm, so, always, I'm always secreting things I'm always secreting things <laughs> I, we, we secreted this podcast. Yeah. we secreted it Um, so they, so they were like, I like the secret, you like, so they, they realized that they had, um, you know, a shared interest in spirituality and the law of attraction and energy. Um, so they just became friends yeah and they really, um, you know, vibed with each other. And then, uh, Glenn and Henry, the 23 year old, he, um, left for a trip to go out West because he was like in, he was just getting out of an unhappy relationship, um he was selling paint at and he hated it and he just wanted to like go out west and reconnect with the universe. Um so when he gets it to about Kansas, um he comes a bunch of, uh, upon a batch of sunflowers along the highway and he said that when he saw the flowers, the sunflowers, that he just completely felt Casey's energy, her spiritual energy was with him. Okay. And he said, I hardly knew her, but I just could feel her radiance. Um, the sunflowers just embodied her and I wanted to have that with me. So he took a sunflower and put it on his dashboard and like continued his, his um, spiritual journey, if you will, <laughs> across the United States. Uh-huh. Um, so then they became friends and... Um, and Casey, um, she had uh, four tickets to um, the ever-so-popular band Third Eye Blind uh-huh, uh-huh. concert. And um, so she had a plus plus. So she was trying to sell them. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she was like, oh, this is a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> they have one song. They have one song. <laughs> um, how does it go? I want something else to Oh, that one. Tonight. So much i kind of life, baby. That one. Yeah. That's the one song. And so... She had t- four tickets to Third Eye Blind, and she had a plus one, that she a date that she was bringing, and Henry, Glen- um, Glendening, had a plus one that he was bringing, and they both canceled. So The plus ones canceled, so they all decided to go to the concert. The- uh, them two decided to go to the concert together as friends. Yeah. Um, this is, like, my favorite part of the article. So halfway through the concert, um, he was standing behind her, and he put his hands on his hips, and she says... Because um, you know she's thirty years older than him. Oh, she's, yeah, yeah I she's fifty three, and he's twenty three. Uh, okay, yeah. I was like, okay, and this just this like quote right here just speaks to her age because she goes, um, so he put his hands on my hips, and I could have been that woman that said, "Hey, bucko, <laughs> <laughs> you don't put your hands on me." But then I was just like, "Oh well, this is interesting." <laughs> It's just, such, like, I just love that quote. It's like, well, like reframed, I like, don't hate this. <laughs> so right. Let's see where this goes. All right. <laughs> so after that, they, you know, became a, like a couple. Once they, like, let their guard down, I'm like, oh, I guess, like, we're, you know, yeah. attracted to each other. So they um, were, fell madly in love. And then um, they got married three years later. Um, in front of a graffiti wall that is one of Henry's favorite spots in St. Louis, which, um, she says that, um, Casey wrote on her Facebook page that the reason that their relationship works is because he is a young soul and, um, she is a young soul and he is an old soul. So somehow in the middle they met up. Um, but things got more interesting. So they got married and, but, um, in nineteen ninety five, Casey had a kidney transplant, and uh, it it this year it started failing, and she needed a new organ. Um, so Henry just happened to be a match, and so right away, like as soon as she um, she was sick, like immediately he was like, take my kidney. Yeah. And so um, it's like she didn't even have to ask. So they. Um, He donated his kidney to her, and they went through the surgery together. I believe it was this April of 2019. And the morning after the transplant surgery, um, Casey opens her eyes to an enormous bouquet of a dozen sunflowers (gasps) sitting on the counter in her hospital, and because he thought ahead and he ordered them a few days earlier so they would be there when she woke up.
1: That's so, amazing. and they're still together
0: to this day. They actually have a, um, back and forth text messages, um, that they, it, like, of their meeting. Right. They screenshotted it and framed them, and they're, like, memorialized on the wall of their St. Louis home. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, I don't know, like, cute, but... I don't, no, no <laughs> cute, cute. It's like, yeah, it's cute, cute, yeah, it's cute, yeah, it's <laughs> cute, you were uh, like, I mean, it's oh. kind of tacky, but well, cute, okay, <laughs> no, cute, it's cute, um, it just reminds me of, like, on, like, my 30th birthday, I had, um, a, a I was pregnant with my first child, and I had, um, a brunch, a big fat birthday brunch, uh-huh. and my husband's best friend, as my, um, like, gift or whatever, he framed the menu from my birthday brunch <laughs> yeah. and, like, gave it to me. In a fr- and it's like the sweetest, most thoughtful gift, especially from a dude, right? right? Like, that's like such a sweet, thoughtful gift. But I was also like, where am I gonna put this? <laughs> You're like, now I have to hang this menu, up? And then when people come in, I'm like, oh, that's just the menu from a restaurant that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> it is you <very> <laughs> something you'll yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, it's very but presumptuous to give somebody
1: something,
0: something they, they have to they hang have. on the walls. I yeah. always say that. I always say that. Um, and so um, we also got, as, I can't remember who gave this to us, so I'm going to feel like a giant dick if they're listening. But um, we got, um, which again, was very sweet. But for our wedding gift, Zach Uh and I got a framed picture of two feet in the sand with a heart that was like, it said Jen and Zach, but like those were not our feet (laughs) and we were never in the sand and we never made that heart. So you just sent a picture of somebody's feet? Yes! (laughs) It was like (laughs) ginormous and I just never could find the right place to hang are these you still looking feet in the sand <laughs> we're still looking for that perfect spot but um so hen um, casey and henry actually have um a blog so if you want to follow up on their love story you can follow it up um, it's caseyandhenry.com, and uh-huh. henry it's their love story you can see all of the um text messages there you could see there's like I don't know if this is in their blog or not but I did come across in the article different articles about it like that following their kidney transplant, there's actually like pictures of the kidneys, which oh. like just tell this st- I don't yeah we're I not bad get at it. it yeah. and um right. they also have a Facebook page so you can follow them on there. Um, so that is my I love it love story. It's cute, right It's really sweet because and you know what's I think
1: what is nice about it is that it's like you think, I mean you hear text messaging from with like a twenty three year old and you're like, oh it's gonna be. A lot of sexting and gross yeah. stuff happening, but like it's just it's like, like actually like people who want to get to know other people and that they found a spiritual. love level. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like if somebody asked me, like I would just that would make me roll my eyes. But also, I find it really nice and endearing. So yeah, um, that's a good love story. I like it. Okay, should we do our our dumb dumb love things this week? Yes,
0: let's do the, these things.
1: Okay, so. Um, I think, okay, so I, this is, uh, I feel like we're talking about it, but I it is out there. I mean, I've like, it's out there in that I Facebooked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know this, that in, at the beginning of April, I had a miscarriage. Yes. And I, I'm not one of those people who's like, I'm going to tell everybody my business. Like I'm actually fairly private, yeah. but I, this is something that I felt like strongly about sharing because Um, I mean, how many women do you know that have had so many and it's It's like like never talked about one in four women and this is actually the second time I've had a miscarriage. So it's like, you know, and it's, it's a horrible thing and people react to it differently. Um, but it's just like, it's, uh, it is very dumb how secretive our. I don't know I say society, but how secretive it is, is like, because we're told not to tell anybody that we're pregnant for 12 weeks because you don't want people to feel uncomfortable if you do have a miscarriage. And
0: that's so... And then you're like, but
1: then you feel like you have to keep that a secret as well. So like, yeah. Like I, I ended up telling you because I had, you were one of the few people I told I was pregnant because we were trying to do this podcast and I was like, I'm so sick, I'm pregnant. Uh-huh. And then I had to be like, oh, by the way. Um, but so... What I have that so that has started in April and what I have not shared with many people is that like it has like been kind of an ongoing health issue. Yeah. Um, for like until this week. Like until last like last Are you week. Finally feeling I'm better. Finally feeling better. Oh, and and I just it's like I kind of just wanted to share that because I had never heard of like a miscarriage going on that long, like yeah, um, like just like the health repercussions from it, like lasting like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Um, and and I felt like just really not myself. And um oh well, you didn't you put on a brave face, I will say, like uh, well, I'm just you know, underneath I'm like just yeah, a ball of God, anxiety. Um, but I think that I once I like actually started asking people like is this normal does this happen I have heard from like so many other women that like oh yeah that happened to me where like I was like bleeding or whatever for six weeks or eight weeks and like it's but no I couldn't find anywhere where it was normal and so I just want to say like uh it can this can happen a lot of different ways but if you feel if this if you are having a miscarriage and you feel like something isn't right you should talk to your doctor because I ended up having to go to my doctor and I did need to have some like further like I had to like have some like other stuff. She had to like help me out with other stuff. So I, without getting into details. So um, anyway, that was my dumb and good thing. My dumb thing was that it happened and that it's not talked about. And my good thing was that I feel like finally back to normal. So oh,
0: I'm so happy for yeah. You. That's awesome. Yeah. So I figure That's like
1: f- if we're gonna if we're gonna do this podcast, then then <laughs> we should be like real yeah. real people.
0: <laughs> yeah. T- definitely. Right? We're definitely like. We're putting it all out there, yeah, yeah, and we're putting ourselves out there, and I think that that's so awesome that you shared that, and I think that even when you you know, talked about it on Facebook initially um, when you talked about the miscarriage, like people, the reception you got was amazing. It and was amazing. Was super supportive, and everyone there's so it's just so comforting to know that there are other people going through the same thing that yes. you could, And it opens up this just like floodgate of communication of like, now I can talk to you about. Right. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, so, I didn't.
1: Because you it's like, well, you know, I don't want to bum people out. You know, it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, it's such a heavy thing to lay on another person. But then when you like meet someone who's like, oh, I just, I had that too. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, we can talk about it and not feel weird. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I got so many like really nice like messages from women who were like, thank you for saying something. And I'm like, I didn't feel like it was something that I was being brave about. I just felt like, you know, I'm, I'm 41 and, (laughs) um, don't tell anyone. And, um, and I feel like in the last couple of years, I've just been like, I don't have time for bullshit. (laughs) I don't have time to be someone that I'm not. And I just, I don't have time to like pretend. And so I don't want to act like if somebody sees me act like everything's okay. Yeah. Like, I just am like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes it's not. And sometimes we're going through hard things and sometimes things are great. And I just want to be, like, as authentic as I can. Um, And so that was, like, kind of part of it. But anyway, I okay awesome. do you have
0: something that's like actually fun and dumb and love well now see this is going to be our trend one of us will do something like very thoughtful and right. deep <laughs> and then the other person will do something really stupid yeah and then perfect we'll feel weird about it um so my dumb thing is this is gonna sound so terrible now <laughs> following yours um my yeah, dumb, follow that bitch yeah okay i'll follow that um God, this kid is gonna sound so bad. Okay, my dumb thing this week is um, my six year old daughter has a new uh, favorite thing that she likes to do when we go uh, to public into public restrooms is she likes to uh, make uh, really loud uh, fake poop grunting noises <laughs> in the stall, like purely just to embarrass me. Oh my like, God! She'll I just... feel like she and I would be best friends. Oh my God! I mean. <laughs> It's just like, I know she's just going in there to pee or whatever. Yeah. Or she'll just even just to mess with me. Like, I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I do middle have dinner. You're like, do you really yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, God, you don't, you dare lie to me, Louise. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we'll just go in there and she'll just go to town. I can't even do the noises because <laughs> I will die. Um, but it's super embarrassing and I shake with laughter. And then everyone in the bathroom looks at me like, what the hell is wrong with you and what's wrong with your kid? And like, get in there and help her. But I know she's just fucking with me. Right. So um, that's my something dumb. But it is also the thing that I love because... Oh my God, I love it so much. She's the funniest person I've ever met and she's six years old. And um, it's just like, she has such a weird, sick sense of humor just naturally. Yeah. And it's so... um, in sync with what my sense of humor is, that, like, I just feel like she's my person. Right. She, because I grew her. I mean, yeah. was, I technically own her. <laughs> she is my brother. it's just, like, this weird bond that we have because she's, like, she's weird exactly in the way that I am. Yeah. And, um, and I, gosh, she's, like, she's... She, I love her so much for it. I mean, it's just amazing. Did I tell and, you about the time when Max... Like this
1: is like this on the long list thing. I think this is maybe because we're comedians that we love that somebody is like, like giving a shit. Yeah. Like it's just like, you know, that you're like, so I, Max that we were at, um, at this coffee shop at Banjo Coffee. Have you been there? (laughs) Yeah, we went there. Oh, right. Yeah. So we're sitting outside and, um, and I get up to go to the bathroom and it's like, there's a lot of people around and, and Max yells at me. He goes... Sally, are you going poop? <laughs> my, my my son is three and he goes, are you going poop? Do you have a stinky butt Sally <laughs> <laughs> And I like just and he like used my first name I think just to like just more yeah. and I just was like that's like a perfect thing oh, my god! to yell when somebody gets up to go to the bathroom and I just was like horrified and proud at the same time. I, I
0: love it, it. I, I mean if you can't. Like, to me, that's the most important thing in family is, like, making each other laugh. Yes. And, and also, which is what, what terrifies me, though, is that, like, my kids make me laugh so much um, is that that's how we got away with murder oh, growing with up was my mom could not, like, it, all we had to do was be like, eh? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, after we did something terrible, like, we were just, like, a little tap dance and jig and look at her like, uh-huh. And then she would just like like you like you shake yeah. while trying to hold in her laughter um, and yell at us at the same time. And right. I do that all the time. Like so many times I have to pretend that I'm crying because I'm disappointed <laughs> in them. Because I'm laughing so hard that I'm crying, but I'm just like, no, I'm just really bad at you. <laughs> you're laughing. You're like This is my disappointment face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so have to leave but really I'm like dying laughing so I'm terrible at parenting is what I'm trying to say oh yeah me too (laughs) totally same uh okay
1: well I think you know what I think we nailed it yeah we did yeah yeah
0: Yeah.
1: well (laughs) I mean you guys tell us you know Uh, you tell us if we know so if you haven't subscribed subscribe please rate rate and review us It really helps us a lot um whatever podcast thing you use um And send us an email. Send us a story about your dumb thing that you do for love. We've gotten a couple that are amazing that we are going to share on um, future podcasts. But just email us at dumblovepod at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, all
0: at dumblovepodcast. Um, Sorry, didn't No. And also, even if it's just something that's just like a quick one, two sentence, like hilarious thing that you did... Uh, and we would love to start sharing those on our Instagram so if you have any just like little blurbies send them our way send them to us we
1: want to hear everything alright well uh, thank you guys so much for listening we we dumb love you we dumb love you so hard bye